welcome to my second in a series of Mindful Conversations. Today, I'm joined by a very special person to me, very lucky to say, one of my closest, bestest friends in the world. And that she's someone that's touched the lives of thousands of people, I would say. You've probably come across her either on Instagram or real life, um, but this lady has a real magical ability to touch people's lives and it's Carly. <laughs> Welcome Carly Musa. <laughs> Hi. Wow. What a, what a welcome. Thank you Carly for joining us and um, everyone's very lucky that they get to watch you for the next 15 minutes talk about the topic today which is resilience. And when I was thinking about resilience I thought of genuinely no one better than you to talk to about because you personify resilience in my mind and I'm sure many other people would agree with that. Carly has a real unique story, very inspirational. It's not for me to tell everyone of the story but obviously Carly has connected with thousands of people all over the world about her story and um, she educates people correct me if I'm wrong, but about mm -hmm. mental health and breast cancer. Yeah, absolutely. And those Both two things. things are basically your, um, plat your what you're using your platform to educate people on. Yeah, because of first-hand experience in both quite massively. Can you tell us a bit more about your work, what you do, the charities you're involved with, so people have a bit of a background? I share a lot on Instagram. Some might say I overshare, um, but I've always found writing very therapeutic, very cathartic, and probably my strongest kind of, my strength came in sharing via words as opposed to speaking. Like, we've known each other since we were teenagers, so um, that was kind of, if we talk about mental health, one of the things that I found when I was a teenager, when I was struggling, I could find solace in writing. Mm -hmm. So I guess over the years, that's just with, with a platform like Instagram being something that um, I veered towards. And so when you mentioned I talk about mental health and, and breast cancer, both have played pivotal parts in my life. Um, from the mental health side of things, I've struggled with various things from an eating disorder in my teenage years to you know depression, anxiety, I've got a big family. My mum suffered with depression as well. Um, I've got two brothers and two sisters. I've got a brother and a sister who have tried to take their own lives over the years. So there's a lot of mental health there, a lot of therapy. Um, so my first therapist when I was, I think, 12 or 13. And I reckon I've seen about young. 13 or 14 therapists. Do you remember that experience when you saw your first therapist? Yes, yes, very, very vividly. It wasn't the greatest experience. It was, um, but yeah, loads of therapy for myself. Um, and then on the flip side of things, where the breast cancer comes into it is that my mum was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was 22. Yeah. And um, her mum had died of breast cancer before I met her. So breast cancer had been something that had loomed um, and I had quite a lot of fear around it uh, growing up, which probably was part of some of my mental health struggles. Um, so she was diagnosed when I was 22 and she died when I was 27 and pretty much 
a decade to the day after she died, I was then diagnosed with breast cancer myself. Oh. So I've now had a, um, a complete pathological response to treatment, but I guess from, in terms of like when you say I do things with charity and stuff, that very much picked up from a breast cancer perspective with my diagnosis. Before that, I worked for a charity called Grief Encounter, which holds a very special place in my heart as well. Um, it's a charity that helps children who are bereaved and families um, because of being bereaved myself at 27, having that experience of losing someone so close to me and knowing how hard I found it. I think I was drawn to wanting to help in any way. I, I think charity for me is just something that if, and I guess even sharing on, on Instagram, my, my whole ethos of life is if you can help somebody else with your something you've experienced or with some pain, then it's that whole thing of turning pain into purpose. Exactly. And do um, you feel that it's actually been a therapy for you in a sense? Absolutely. Oh, yes. Yeah. Your story is something that's really connected with people, thousands of people. Um, but for me, it's your positivity, it's your resilience in the face of everything that you've described to us has been thrown at you since you were, well, 12 years old, really. Um, <laughs> And that's, in, you know, incredibly inspiring to think about how you just have risen through every challenge and still are kind and thoughtful to everyone around you and, you know, an amazing person. Mm. So can you tell us a little bit more about how you feel um, about resilience, your relationship with it or, or, or to it, and sort of just tell us how you feel about resilience? I feel that everyone has incredible resilience within them. I think when I posted about having breast cancer or going through some hard times during that experience, um, when my following kind of grew a bit, I got more messages and a lot of the messages would always be like, I couldn't do that, I couldn't do that. But the thing is, is that it, it's something my aunt said to me just before my mum died, she said, anticipation is always worse than the event. Mm -hmm. We don't know what we can do and we limit ourselves to think we could never be that strong. And everyone's strength is different as well. Not everyone is going to share on Instagram, but they could still face cancer and do it, you know, bravely and courageously. I remember you saying to me before you got your treatment plan, it was much worse. Once you had the plan, yeah, the uncertainty, the anticipation. You were like, okay, this like, is absolutely gotta... exactly. Um, so I think that would be that would be what I would say though is that everyone has this incredible resilience. It's just how how much life throws your way and that you get to kind of dig that deep. I just happen to have quite a lot that has been thrown thrown my way in like in within a really small like well I say really small family, but as in, you know, a close knit, close family, there's been a lot. And so as an individual, I've had to dig and find resilience and face things and I, I think come to, you know, come to my own understanding of life and find spirituality which has massively helped me through through some really hard stuff and everyone's on their own journey and everyone's going to have challenges um, but what I would say about resilience is that everyone has it. Knowing you personally but also reading your posts which are brilliantly written. You're an incredible writer and hopefully one day we'll see more of Carly's writing. Um, there's obviously resilience 
that comes through, but also wisdom. You have a wisdom about you that, you know, since knowing you from age 12, I've noticed. And where'd you get it from? This wisdom. <laughs> How come you're so wise? It's having very wise friends you know, <laughs> that have uh, helped me along my way. Um, oh, I don't, where to, you know, it's, that's, ah, I don't even know. Like, am I? Yeah, you are. I think it's just, Again, it goes down to the resilience. Everyone, if we listen a bit more to our intuition and we get, um, and this might be a bit more on the spiritual side of things, but what breast cancer has taught me is I allowed for so long myself to listen to very limiting beliefs, very things that just wanted to keep me small and potentially safe, maybe not, but thought it was like, you know, or having my eating disorder just disappear, just shrink, just don't be this like person mm. that, that has opinions even, like anything like that. And I think that the worst thing to do as humans is to fear, which is what I did for so long, I feared breast cancer, I feared mental illness, like I feared, because my younger brother has quite severe bipolar, I've always feared like losing my mind. Yeah. But it's just like worrying about worry. It just is so, it does, it's just so, it keeps you so trapped and not able to understand that you've just got to kind of experience your life and get the tools before things happen, almost knowing they will and just give up that control a bit. Yeah, that's amazing advice. Because how can amazing we control advice. what's coming our way? We know that things can change in an instant, right? So, but we can't, this fearing that limits your whole life experience. I don't think there's a simple answer, but having been diagnosed and thought like, oh God, like if this goes a different way, I don't know whether I'm gonna be here or not. Um, and it just hit home to me that like, what would be the point of worrying? Because we don't know how long we've got. We don't know. Yeah. And worrying about how long we've got just, ruins how long we've got <laughs> so exactly. it's like and i know it sounds it doesn't you know it's not as simple as that because i've had loads of therapy over the years and things so um but, but it kind of is as well it's it not, is, but it is. is exactly exactly if you could tell your 21 year old self three things what would it be um i would tell my 21 year old self um that you are going to be faced with your biggest fears, which at that age were breast cancer, because that's coming like very soon after. My mum's gonna tell us that she's got it. Um, you're gonna face it, you're gonna face it losing your mum, which again, biggest fear, and you're gonna come through it and you're gonna be okay. Like anyone, any 21 year old just needs to know that. Like, you're gonna this, be okay. You, you're gonna be okay, you're gonna, you know, lean on support. Um, just you'll find your way like yeah I think I would tell my 21 year old, one year old self that I would tell her to be kind to herself and to hopefully find that compassion then as opposed to taking a long long time to find it yeah. um and I would tell her to what would I say just just reconnect to, to that child who, and just have more fun. Like just, yeah, I think those are the things I would maybe tell 21 year old me. Like, don't, there's no such thing as perfect. And just 
just let go of that ideal that you've held for so long. Let go. Have, yeah. I would definitely tell myself let at go. 21, let, let go. Just, just, just be a bit lighter with it all. Don't take it all so seriously, right? Yes. <laughs> if you could pass on one piece of advice to the next generation, what would it be? Um, I mean, it would be all the advice I've just said, I guess, but I think really importantly for this world that we live in is to disconnect to connect. Um, disconnect to connect. And I think I did a hike last September when we didn't have phone service. I, you know, there was like a payphone, so I called my husband and the kids in the morning and at night but other than that really truly like it was we were in the mountains in Scotland we were chatting we were connecting there was deep conversations it was the most life-affirming experience like mm -hmm. just being in nature and I think I'm not saying everyone go and do that so, you know camp for six nights and walk a hundred kilometers I mean I loved it so much I am doing it again but um I think just get yourselves out of whatever just just go to the woods go for walks like i think that the generate this next generation really need to do that because everything is so digital now yeah. it's so kind of so fast it's all just so fast i think i heard something life is not meant to be that fast it's meant to be the pace of nature and i think just that. that's what everyone needs to do is is connect so anyone watching yeah next generation disconnect to connect <laughs> yeah you heard it here first Thank you so much. Aww. This was amazing. Thanks I loved every me. second. You're an incredible guest and um, love you lots. I love you. Thank you.